Welcome to the Creative Studio, where we conduct experiments with podcasting. That has to be part of your thing. And then, you know, you, you do it like this, and then you break the mold. We have been delving into the world of creating a narrative podcast, whether that is a journalistic, fiction, or NPR style. This is our seventh episode in this 10-part series. So if you haven't listened to the first six, probably be best if you were to go back and do that first. I would like to start by giving a special thanks to today's guests, Rye Taylor, Brian Orr, Jessica Abel, Daniel J. Lewis, Jeff Woods, The Dave Jackson, Corey Coates, Jessica Rhodes, and Elsie Escobar. We're going to explore the peaks and the valleys, the stakes, the loops, the emotions, and more as we look at how we can be able to entice our listener. By the way, my name is Joshua Rivers, and I am your host on this journey into narrative podcasting. One of the things that's great about narrative podcasting is you can be very creative. But the one thing that you've also got to do is make sure that you have a box to think out of. Okay, it is very important in narrative podcasting that you actually create a structure, a framework, a box, whatever you want to call it. But you've got to have a formula in place that your listener can expect. Okay, so I'll give you an example. We tease out a specific story. And one of the things that I did in Colorado was I actually went and wrestled alligators. And you wouldn't think that you could do that in the middle of the Colorado Rockies, but it's actually one of the few places that you can wrestle alligators with no, uh, no tape around their mouth, nothing. This is a place that you can literally wrestle alligators from two feet long up to 11, 12, 13 feet long. Okay. Now, this story is one that I tell and weave, but here's what happened to me, Josh. When I was wrestling an 11-foot alligator, something happened to me that I could not believe, and I didn't know what to do. While I was wrestling it, I jumped on the back. I had my hands around its neck. I was trying to pull up its chin to get it in a position that it couldn't come and bite me, and then I fell off the back of that thing, and it started turning around. And then you go into a transition. We just heard from Rye Taylor sharing his story and leaving it on a cliffhanger and go into some kind of transition. And what you do with that is just like I was telling you a story and you're like, and then? So as soon as I tell my audience that I fell off the back of that gator and I knew that I was about to get bit. I actually go into the introduction, my normal standard introduction that they can always expect. So they're expecting the end of the story, but it's just the beginning. I'm just foreshadowing to what's going to happen in the rest of the episode. And then all of a sudden my theme music kicks in, my normal standard introduction kicks in, and then they're like, oh, we've got to wait for the rest of the story. But what it does is it engages them to the point that, oh, okay, this is the formula. He gives us a teaser. 
We know he's going to finish the story later in the episode, but we've got to wait for it. So here's the music. Here's the intro. Here's another part of the story, and he'll get back and tell us what happened on the back of that alligator as soon as he fell off. And that's how you can weave it in. And those are the kind of transitions I'm talking about. You want to have a specific structure in mind for your narrative podcast, always to go back to. That way your your listening audience, they know what to expect. Yes, they want to hear the rest of the story. So they will wait even if you cut away from it in the middle of it and go to something else like your introduction or commercial. That's another wonderful tool you can use. You can actually use a sponsor or a commercial to uh, tease a little bit more into the story. You know, we, we see that on television all the time. People, uh, those, those cuts into commercials, they may get annoying, but they also play a very big role in building suspense or creating dramatic tension. And we can't forget about that. As, as a listening audience or as podcasters that are creating a narrative. Going back to my Daring and Rye story, one of the things that I love to begin with is actually teasing out what's going to be happening in advance. Okay, So I actually start further in the story than I'm ready to tell. It's foreshadowing. You can also do this for past events. You've got to tie in or tease something to where the listener is going, and, and then, and then, you want the listener to be engaged so much that they're listening to you tell the teaser, the beginning, the forward of your story, and then all of a sudden, you stop. Completely. Just dead stop, go into the transition, and start at a different place. And do you know what's going to happen? That listener is going to go, and then? And they have to stay tuned to the episode to hear that and then. They have to go back in and listen to the entire thing. Those are the moments that you are sitting out in your car, even after your commute, to finish a narrative podcast because you need, desperately need to hear the end of the story. If you foreshadow for your listeners, if you let them know just enough to keep them interested and engaged, but don't tell them the end of that story until closer to three quarters in, you're going to find an amazing, amazing thing happen. Your listeners will not only be engaged and in tuned and excited about it, they are willing to literally stop everything else in their life to hear the rest of your story. And that's a big deal. I guess this is where Paul Harvey should come in. But we have Brian Orr to continue this thought. And then I also always look for what are the stakes. So what, what is at stake in the story if the person, the subject, whoever, whatever the subject, whoever, whatever the subject is, if the narrative doesn't go the way that you're hoping it goes? What's at stake? What do they stand to lose? What do they stand to gain? So establishing that early on is – and that's, that's, very, you know, that's a very common theme in, in storytelling – um, and then finally, I would say that if you look at your story and your story happens just like someone would expect it to happen, like if you gave them uh, just a quick synopsis and then they could recount to you exactly what the story is, then it's not a good story because a story has to have some element of the unexpected to it. And every story does have that actually, but sometimes you just have to work a little harder to find it and don't make sure that you get it in there. <laughs> What's a piece of tape that's going to raise a question and get people curious, get them asking the question of what's going to happen next? 
You can put that at the top. You can start telling a story, something really personal or something, you know, that has some kind of like resonance in that way. But basically, you need to raise a question with the audience so that they can't turn off the radio. They need to know what's going to happen next. That was Jessica Abel. I mentioned this several times, but you really need to listen to her podcast and to buy her book, Out on the Wire, by going to creativestudio.academy slash wire. Not only do you need to start with an intriguing teaser by foreshadowing, determine what is at stake, and figure out how to raise a question in your listener's mind, but you also need to look at the overall story you're telling. You need to see the ups and downs. Daniel J. Lewis calls these peaks and valleys. Look at those peaks and valleys that you can have within it. You want to start with a peak, something that gets someone's interest, and they think, oh, that sounds interesting, or what is the story behind that? Or that was funny, or I want to learn more. Something that hooks them in at the beginning. And you want to carry that through a little bit. Don't hook them and then immediately give them nothing, but carry that through a little bit. Then it's okay to go down into a valley as you give some more depth to certain storylines or ideas, and then bring it back up to another climax. You can go back down in a valley and make sure you end on a climax too. Not only should you start and end with the peak, Brian Orr adds this by suggesting that you start with your best tape first to draw them in. Well, the first thing, Rob Rosenthal of the House Sound Podcast, he's one of my favorites um, kind of instructors when it comes to storytelling, at least for the radio. He says, you know, use your best tape first. And that's in general a pretty good rule. So figure out a way to take some of your most engaging audio and use it early on without giving the story away. So it, it creates draw into the story and interest into the story, establishes the stakes early on, um, why you should care. You know, if you can't answer the, the question of the story is about blank and you should care because of blank, if you can't answer that question, then you don't really have a story. So establishing that early on in the, in the story is important. But here's the deal. You know, I'm recording these conver- these private conversations with some really, really influential people. That can be taken out of context. And so what I've started to do is I will narrate at the beginning. I'll say, hey, look, this is what I'm going through. I frame it and I give it some context and show people like, here's the goal that I'm going toward. This is not where I am yet. This is where I'm going. This is the mission that I'm on. These are the people that I have reached out to. These are the results that I've gotten so far. Now, here's the conversation that's even that's adding fuel to that fire. Listen in. And then you hear the private conversation. And then at the end, I, I put a pretty bow on it and show, you know, what are my big takeaways? What are the things that you can take away from this and implement in your own life? And then some type of call to action. Jeff Woods of the Mentee Podcast state this as well. As the host or the narrator, it's important for us to set the stage by giving the context and the necessary information to understand what's about to come. He continues by talking about loops. It's this concept of opening loops and closing loops. So at the beginning, you could say something like, hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome to the Mentee Podcast. I'm so excited for you today. And today we're going to talk about the five things that are holding you back from quitting your day job and blah, 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 blah. And you keep going. Now, what I did there is I opened a loop. I, I gave you some type of headline. I gave you something that grabs your attention and makes you want the answer. 
and then I do not give you the answer. I say, and I'll say like, you know, we're going to get into this in the episode or stick around to the end because I'm going to talk to you about the shocking thing that helped me make an additional $10,000 this month. And I'm not going to tell you what that is, but I'm going to tell you that the answer to that is going to happen later in the episode. And then throughout the episode, what I will do is before I close that loop, I will open another loop. So the formula is this, open loop, open another loop, close loop one. And then in the next episode, you know, you address the fact that, hey, you left a loop open in the previous episode and we're going to get to that. And then so you open loop. Then you open another loop, then you close loop. Does that make sense? We are driven a lot by our emotions. Really think about the decisions you make. There are certainly some that you make after logically thinking through the matter, but there's a lot of times that our emotions direct what we do. Emotions draw us into the TV show, the movies, and the other forms of story that we listen to. Dave Jackson defines some specific aspects of emotion that apply here. I always say you want people to either laugh, cry, think, or, or groan, or maybe you're educating them or just it's entertaining. So what is the point of the story? What is the point in, of the narrative? And um, so I think that would be the key uh, to do that is just to kind of write it out. And, you know, you can kind of see the ebb and flow of, of the story that way is here's where I'm going to tug on their heartstrings and maybe here's where I'm going to lighten it up a little bit so it's not so heavy and here's where I'm going to do this or that. So if you can kind of plan out ahead um, in each point, okay, here's what we're going to do to the listener now. Okay, here's what we're going to do here and and this builds on the story. So if you can kind of, again, uh, plan it out a little bit, you can now start to go just from, okay, here's the here's the bullet points I want to hit. Now here's how I want to hit them. This is a really great way to save yourself a lot of time down the road. You know when you're listening to your your interviewee as they're speaking, those kind of aha moments, those like, wow, that's gold. That was great. I can't believe you said that because you feel it. You're in that moment. You experience the energy of the conversation and you know what elevates you, what grabs your attention, especially if you're not doing something like checking Facebook while you're interviewing somebody, you're fully focused on that individual, then you get caught up in it and you can realize that some of the things that he or she says at certain times is really, really good. That's a time to do a timestamp. Just, you know, whatever your DAW is, just hit M, mark it. Because what just happened there is something that was an emotional moment for you that could then translate to be an emotional moment for the listener. What you're able to do with that then is take some of those emotional markers out of there and just start putting them into bins and start painting with broad strokes. That was Corey Coates of Podfly Productions, and he's also the co-host of Podcast Producers Podcast. Brian Orr and Daniel J. Lewis bring the conversation back to those peaks and valleys or emotional bounce. Is there emotional bounce? So are, do you have ups and downs? Because you don't want to have a story that's just flat emotionally, where you're either all up or you're all down or you're all up for a long period of time and then only down a little bit. You want to kind of create bounce. And so when you write it out on the timeline, what you can actually do is if it's sort of a down moment, you can draw an arrow down. If it's an up moment, which would be humor or something positive, you can draw an arrow up. And that gives you an idea of whether or not your story's bouncing or whether it's remaining flat because it just helps create uh, interest. You have to have a compelling story to begin with and compelling details along the way. It's okay every now and then 
to dig deeper into something that's not all that compelling. Books and movies do that all the time. I look at all of the great movies, they all have their low points where we think, okay, yeah, let's get back to the action. But everything needs that music, books, uh, poetry, everything needs those ups and downs. Life needs those ups and downs because if it was always solid, compelling or solid action or solid romance in the marriage or, or I mean, solid positive everything, then you're really flatlining. That's what you're doing if you don't have any ups and downs. And when something flatlines, we consider it dead, even if it seems like it's great. Don't always keep it the same energy level. Vary it a little bit. And your podcast story that you're telling might have those moments too, where it's not always cliffhanger after cliffhanger after cliffhanger. That gets boring. But it's Sometimes a cliffhanger. Sometimes it's that really compelling story where you just want every next word so desperately you want to hear it. And then there are those other moments that are the setup for the high action moments or however you're defining high action in your particular story. Elsie Escobar joins us again to blend her experience as an actress and podcaster by talking about pacing and breaking the rhythm. I feel as in anything else, and I'm only bringing this uh, to light from my past background, not necessarily for creating audio, but possibly from theater as a whole. One of the key things in theater is pacing and changing the pace of things. Um, as in dance, you know, or as in almost every art form, including music, the there is a, a reason why, you know, the iambic pentameter that Shakespeare uses stays at a specific type for many, many different lines. And then all of a sudden it breaks that rhythm. It's because something important is happening. Then something else has taken up that rhythm. When Shakespeare breaks the rhythm, there's, there's a very, very important reason why. And as when you're producing something like, like a play that is a Shakespeare play or you're playing it or whatever, you need to really look at that and, and to see that. The same thing happens with storytelling or with music. You set up a certain amount of um, consistency, perhaps, in your voice, consistency in the way that you're telling the story, and then you add elements that break that pattern, that break it in some way that sometimes it's more melodic, sometimes it becomes more pleasing, and sometimes it's very dissonant. So that you, you cause the person that's listening to question or to go, well, that was shocking. And you can use different ways to do that with, because you have the voice, you have different ways to do that. There are the possibilities of using speed, tempo, right? You could do it faster or slower. You could do it louder or softer. You could do it sharper. Um, and there are, there are layers that you can build into that. Jessica Rhodes is the co-host of the podcast Producers with Corey. She mentions differing the vocals to change the pace, as well as using music as a hook. Here's what you know. Here's what I would recommend, and here's what what Corey and I did in the narrative based podcast you want to have a variety of feels to the show so what we did was we had three different kinds of audio we had interviews we had solo 
segments and we had conversations between Corey and myself. So, and then there was also music. Okay, so an episode would, um, you know, as you're listening to an episode, you're going to hear, you know, an, an interview. So you're going to hear a, a portion of an interview, you know, Corey interviewing someone or me interviewing someone. And then you're going to hear a splice where it's just me talking in the microphone. And, and I'm sure that you know this, Josh, when you hear somebody on a solo interview, or I'm sorry, on a solo podcast, and it's just them in the microphone, they are alone in a room, it's just them and their microphone, the sound of their voice and the tone is so much different than when they're talking in an interview. Um, likewise, it's also different when you're just having a conversation like Corey and I, partners, co-hosts, us talking back and forth. He wasn't interviewing me and I wasn't interviewing him. We would have a topic at hand. We would, you know, we would start with, okay, DIY podcasting. And we would just kind of talk. We would say, yeah, you know, I started and, and like, we would just kind of give our stories and, and our thoughts and we would kind of go back and forth. Again, it's a different feel from an interview. So in a narrative based podcast, one of the things that you can do to hook listeners is to have different kinds of um, vocals, right? So the solo, the interviews, um, the conversations, that's one of the things that's going to set you apart from most other weekly based, you know, interview podcasts, having really quality music is a big part of that. There are a lot of stock music sites with, you know, lots of jingles. Um, a lot of them sound like crap. <laughs> so I think it's really important to, you know, to use a high to use high quality music. Um, so you can find musicians to compose a song for you, spend a couple hundred dollars, get good sounding music. I don't know if you heard that fire engine, <laughs> spend a couple hundred dollars, get some good sounding music. So again, the production quality and the sound, um, it, it, that's going to hook listeners when they hear really high quality music, something that's composed and not just kind of like a stock, you know, uh, guitar playing and drums, that'll, make, that'll set you apart for sure. What's really lovely about the narrative podcast is that you don't have to do it just with your voice. You can have aspects of sound design, which is one of the reasons that narrative podcasters are, are around that way, or music. So you can be very deliberate as to why you are putting that where you're putting it. One thing that I've also noticed, too, is that that pacing also needs to be steady. So I'm not saying that from, you know, minute one to minute 30, let's say you're doing a 30-minute audio piece needs to be at a specific rhythm, but it does need to be consistently moving forward. There may be times when that rhythm or that, um, that speed perhaps slows down, but the drive needs to continue that story. And you'll start to hear, I feel that that's also something that happens with time. When you are sitting around and you're listening to a, a podcast or you're listening to a narrative piece, you go, you start to sense when you drop into the piece and when you start to like move out of the piece when you're done with it, which is what, you know, I've seen like in the, one of the Gimlet episodes, I think that they were doing um, something around that when they were showing why they were going to edit some, you know, minutes out of something. And um, you get more adept at it. I remember the piece that they used there was like the beginning of a podcast they were developing. And when I heard it, I was like, I don't see anything wrong with that. 
And like, you know, you can't hear it or because you're just, you're not trained to hear whatever it is that they were hearing. So I think you do develop that as well to be able to kind of tell, is this, this is a little too slow. I need to pick this up. Uh, and audio gives you the time to do that uh, or the ability to do that in a, in a variety of different ways. Some narration is usually necessary to be able to make transitions, to be able to move the story forward or to fill in missing information. But Corey shares the ideal way to craft the story. Take all of those emotional components and start arranging them around. And you're going to find as you're doing that, that your brush that you started painting broadly with can start getting finer and finer and finer. And then you only have to go look for those little 5-10% pieces of audio that represent the little linking pieces that are necessary. After having painted with such broad brush strokes, you then only have to go out and seek those 5-10% snippets of audio that are going to link things together. This is really the secret. This is really the trick. Is You've created the entire story to the best of your ability based on only components as provided by your guests. Now, everything in between that can't be linked and doesn't make sense, that's your turn. That's where the narrator jumps in and gets people from point A to point B to point C. Just like we should start with a bang, we need to end it well, too. What do you want to leave the listener with? You just need to be conscious that whatever you end the story on is the thing that you're leaving people with. And for certain types of narrative, it's totally okay to leave it unclosed. Perfect example is I don't know if you've listened to the Limetown podcast, and it's been wildly popular. It's a uh, fiction podcast, but the way that they left season one is just totally leaving you hanging, and that's perfect because they're wanting you to come back for season two, and it it's a very very good example of of good audio storytelling. Um, I like what Criminal said. Uh, Phoebe Judge and Lauren Sporer of Criminal said that they're uncomfortable with grand summation with stories, which is the idea of taking the entire thing and wrapping it all up in a little sentence like, and they lived happily ever after, for example. You know, that's, that's grand summation. Um, good, good modern storytelling very rarely has grand summation. However, it does have something that you're wanting to leave people with and you're intentional about that. So Limetown intentionally is leaving you hanging on the edge of your seat at the end because they want you to come back for season two. And so whatever that is that you're doing with your narrative, you want to make sure you're conscious of that. As we wrap up this episode, we need to remember that it is all more of an art than a science. Yes, we have mentioned the frameworks and best practices, but this is just where we should start. You do it like this, and then you break the mold. When it comes to enticing your listener to keep listening... You may also have to play around with different things to see what works best. The specific style you are using or the message you're trying to convey may change how you want to do this. A great thing that you can do to help yourself is try to pay more attention to TV shows and movies. In other words, ask yourself, how do they tease upcoming shows? How do they start the show? How do they end things before going to a commercial? What do they do at the end to try to bring you back next time? As you pay attention to these and try to dissect what they do, it will help you learn how to apply those things into your podcast. If you have found this series helpful, please share this with others. I want to help as many people as possible. In fact, one way I like to help people is by delving deeper into this through a course. If you would be interested in a course where you not only get more about creating a narrative, but you also get one-on-one time with me 
and also a collaborative experience with others, go to masterpodcasting.com. It'll give you a little bit more information. You can sign up with the time to talk to me of how I can help you more with this. So come back next time. We'll talk about making transitions between clips and part of the narrative. And also next time, hopefully we'll be able to get the conclusion to that story that Rye started when he was talking about wrestling and alligator. And so thank you again and God bless.